The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Welcome to Onsite, an informative, easygoing podcast series about the trade industry. Brought to you by Trade Jobs NZ and the Spinoff Podcast Network. I'm Jay Reeve, and along with my co-host Brooke Sparky or Thompson, we'll take a good hard look at the ups, downs, and opportunities of a life on the tools. Subscribe now via your preferred podcast provider, and if you're ready for a career in the trades, visit tradejobsnz.co.nz. Kelda and welcome back to episode two. Wow, what an amazing response we've had for Ep One. Thank you to everybody that got in touch. We do appreciate it. Uh, we've got a fantastic team that'll be joining us today. But before we go any further, welcome back to my fabulous co-host Brooke Sparky Girl Thompson. How are? I am fantastic this morning. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, this is great. We um, today we're going to be talking about gender equality in trades, and we've been joined by two phenomenal guests coming from the principal advisory position for women in BCITO. Welcome, Amanda Williams. How are? Kia ora, morning everybody. And joining us uh, in studio here, Genevieve Black, who is a tradie herself. How are? Hi, how's it going? I guess that we're just going to rip straight into it, uh, and we'll probably start with you, Genevieve, if that's okay. And if, yep. if by it's okay, I'm going to say just straight down the barrel, I'm asking you questions. Mm. What led you <laughs> to get into the trades in the first place? Was it a natural progression uh, straight out of school, or was there something else that was on the cards before this? Uh, it was random. I was training to be uh, to go into the fire brigade, and met my first boss at Splore drunkenly. Um, offered my services. <clears throat> I've always liked active work, and then um, yes, yeah, started working for him and labouring. And then as soon as I picked up a tool, I was just like, "Whoa! This is exactly what I need to be doing." Like it's just like. This is the one, you know. Were you a creative kid in terms of constructing stuff as a younger individual? Were you ever building skateboard ramps or uh, shelves for home or remodeling no, the kitchen? Absolutely none. Like my ex-girlfriend was the handy person around the home. Like I've never been handy, um, nothing. It never interests me at all. Yeah. So to find it was a shock and an amazing surprise. Was it almost as if it was a it was a calling? It's something connected to Oh, it was to you. total calling. Yeah. It was I couldn't believe it. It's like I literally pick, I it was picked up a nail gun and <laughs> oh, there it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just like <laughs> Oh my god, like whoa. <laughs> like, you know, the the thing of doing like and seeing what you've done like 
just like, whoa, there's no fulfillment. Like, it's just amazing. And I guess, Brooke, we, we touched on it a little bit in the first episode, but uh, for yourself, for those people that may have missed it, what, what got you into your line of trade? So I probably had a very non-traditional pathway. Like I grew up a very girly, girly, um, like loved dolls and makeup and dressing up and, but also was super kind of like tomboy in the sport area. Um, so I never really expected to fall into the trades at all. I never expected that I would enjoy getting my hands dirty or anything like that. But I think the trades are such a beautiful place where they empower people like me who find themselves not fitting into these tiny boxes that society expects us to survive in happily you know like I don't want to be a traditional woman quote-unquote that's not going to make me happy like I enjoy being like doing things that are different and um, challenging my expectations and the box that people want to put me in and so as a sparky why would why on earth why on earth would you choose that (laughs) electric shocks are one of the worst things that can happen to a person they still terrify the shit out of me. I I honestly check everything twice. I'm I'm like the safety Sally on site, that's for sure. But um, being flexible and agile and small is so important as an electrician because every time there's a roof space or someone needs me to crawl underneath a house, it's my time to shine because I can fit into places no one else can. So being a woman in a trade like electrical is a massive advantage more than a disadvantage. Do you Have you had, have you had any of those sort of incidents that made you go, you know what, and I'm done. Have you, you know, possibly Genevieve put it, put, you know, with the nail gun, just had your hand on the other side of something and just uh, managed to join yourself to a house? No. Uh, I mean, I've fallen down a scaffold a few times, but yeah. <laughs> Not once. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> nothing that's, yeah, you just get on with it. You just get tough, you know. You just, you don't whinge. Well, I mean, a lot of guys whinge, but <laughs> I think maybe as a female I've learnt that I can't. I'm not really allowed. Is that something that is projected upon you by others on site or others in your team or is that something that you've just sort of adopted yourself and you've said, well, this is how I need to be? I think social conditioning and, yes, on site, I do feel you have to prove yourself a lot more than the other guys. Mm. There was a lot of doubt in, oh, can she lift this? Can she do that? You know, it's like... Yeah, man, I can do more than you, bro. Like, whatever. <laughs> Bring it, you know. Was it the same for you, Brock? do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, that resonates with me very deeply because as a woman, you can't just be okay at your job. You have to be excellent because you have not only um, the stereotypes that males are projecting on you, you also have the weight of every other woman who wants to join the trade on your back because if you get a reputation for being a bad worker or whatever else, um, people say, oh, that's my excuse to not hire more women because I had this one bad experience with this one bad person. And that grinds my gears because not only are we trying to exist within ourselves, we are also being um, projected as a representation for all the other women who are going to come after us. So it's a lot of weight and a lot of Mm. pressure to be not just good, but be excellent all the time. Mm. On point. That is absolutely on point. Mm, I I guess I probably feed into those those stereotypes. And when I uh, look at you both, I would, I just expect such a high finish. And I know that I just get such a high finish from you that would be much (laughs) higher than any of your male counterparts. So (laughs) it's one of those things. It's uh, just as the Japanese 
Japanese manage to do everything better than everybody else, I would just assume that females on site would just have such a higher grade of finish and, and take more pride in their work, would be less likely to turn up hungover. Uh, yeah. Would, yep. you know, maybe maybe that's just me feeding into all of these stereotypes. So for that, I apologise. Uh, um, I guess it would be a great, t- a great time to bring in Amanda uh, and just to talk about the statistics in and around uh, women getting into trades. Have you noticed a rapid incline? Have you noticed a rapid decline or has it pretty much been about the same since you've been in and around your position? So internationally, we know that women in in the construction sector are an underrepresented minority group. Uh, So that really needs to be acknowledged. And I guess right at this point uh, today, we're really currently sitting in a post-disaster environment uh, with obviously an acute labour need Um, and a real shared desire, if you like, for our communities to move out and go beyond the COVID crisis. So that really needs to be acknowledged. Um, And I guess for us right now, this is a real critical point or opportunity for training providers like BCITO and also women in the industry, a point in which I guess we can look at growing our numbers, build the confidence of women to become leaders in the industry, uh, change perceptions, So really sort of touching on what Brooke and Genevieve were talking about before, really looking at those common barriers and challenges that our women are currently facing and have faced for decades. So what we're talking about now, unfortunately, is nothing new. Um, So we still have quite a bit of work to do there, but we also want to address issues relating to the industry culture. Mm. And I think for me, obviously, as principal advisor, that's probably one of the key responsibilities that I have in this role as principal advisor. So if you actually look at uh, past history as well, the industry has actually been criticised for its poor industry image and very much what Brooke was saying before, you know, discrimination, sexist attitudes, even right down to difficulty integrating work and family life and, of course, marginalising our minority groups which of course is our manawahine. So all of these and, and all of what we're talking about today really impacts on women's perceptions and of course their choices um, and an interest to actually stay in the industry. I guess it's a tough position for you to be in because your role is to encourage uh, women to get into trades, but then are you 100% sure that you are putting them into a safe position where they can be the best that they possibly can be, where they get the opportunities to grow, where they don't face that discrimination uh, and and can lead a healthy, happy life within a vocation that they love? I think the key here really is to remind ourselves this is not an individual effort. So I as much as I have a responsibility to play, this is actually a collective effort and that really needs to be spoken about. So, you know, we can actually effectively address uh, these issues and and what's happening within the industry and look at the workplace culture, but it requires our leaders, it requires our employers, it requires employees, it requires everybody to really make a collective, proactive effort rather than a reactive. Um, And to be perfectly honest, Jay, this is where we really need to prepare to do the hard yards. That's what it comes down to, so that we are supporting our mana wahine, we're making sure that they have a safe working environment, that the industry itself has uh, credibility around it, and that we address uh, the identified issues, if you like, that have really constrained uh, the movement of our women 
into and their progress into the industry. Have you noticed, uh, I guess, an outpouring of support of some of the older, to use for lack of a better term, the fish heads of the industry, some of the older men that operate in that space that have just maybe opened it up and just gone, hey, this is where we're open to this change because I think when you're wanting to have a change, it's the people at the top that run these businesses that have the checkbooks that that do the hiring of the staff until mm. those positions have an equal representation of the manawahini in them? Oh, definitely. There has been a huge shift uh, in that um, the whakaro and the thinking around making sure that our women are seen as people. That's a crazy thing to even hear you say. <laughs> women are yeah, seen yeah, as people. You know, I mean, we're, but, we're in 2022. We, we, are we not there yet? <laughs> you know, I guess... Um, you know, for for women entering into this industry, um, it, it, it is quite simple. For our mana wahine, we want to make sure that there's better access, respect and acceptance in the industry. We want to make sure that there's greater representation and uh, that can really impact positively on others. And we see, we visually can see that, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll, you'll hear that phrase a lot uh, in relation to our mana wahine. And I guess most importantly, um, just to be valued as a person who really enjoys working in the trade. So we, we are seeing those major shifts. We still have a lot more work to do. But it can start with a simple practice of just installing positive, communicative practices from our leaders right through to the frontline workers, and this will ensure that people are respected, that they're accepted and supported in the workplace. And I guess for us as as a training provider now, BCITR are really committed to doing that, and that's within our policies, our daily practices, and also within our future vision, which is really to revolutionise the sector so that women thrive in the trades. Mm. Brooke, have you got any strong female role models within your sector that you look towards that have done done the hard mahi to get to where they are now and you can sort of get them to reflect upon what they've learned and pass that on to you? Yeah, so the, this is the beautiful thing about social media is when I first started my apprenticeship the first year, um, I was working for a company in Invercargill and um, I felt extremely isolated. I was like actively excluded and that made me feel so lonely um, just because I didn't have any woman to look up to. I didn't know any tradeswoman qualified of any kind and I just felt like you can't be what you can't see. I had no vision of the future. I had no hope that I was even going to get qualified because it didn't exist to me. Like it wasn't a possibility. And when I jumped on social media my second year and made my page, it was like this overwhelming feeling in my body of just like pride because I saw women who were qualified and just about electricians who were having their second baby, who were pregnant at work, yeah. people who were, um, you know, like balancing family lives, you know, that's something I never even considered was a possibility because of my job. I hadn't seen it. So how was I supposed to know it was possible? So all of these things were happening and it made my heart just like glow. So I ended up connecting with all of these incredible women through Instagram who became my entire support network. You know, I moved away from that company and I fell into a much better working environment and I also felt accepted. But then at the same time, my confidence grew because I had just 
the sisterhood that had my back, that when I had a bad day was there for me, who could validate my experiences. It wasn't just a me issue. It mm. wasn't um, my fault that these things were happening. It was a collective feeling. And then that's when I got really passionate about doing something about it. Because as we say, like we need the whole group to chip in. It's not an individual effort. Well, I'm stubborn. And I was like, I'm single-handedly going to change this whole industry. (laughs) And and it it was like chipping at a brick wall and I felt alone in it. But then I realized if I looked down the wall, there was thousands of other men and women chipping at that wall with me. And just because I couldn't see them didn't mean they weren't there. Mm. Genevieve, I suppose the the question to you is, do you A, feel the same? And do you notice support from uh, both male and female in terms of supporting you through your decision to be in trade? Do you notice that there is an overwhelming opportunity being opened up for you? Or are you still feeling like you're sprinting in the dark and collecting a few low-hanging branches every now and again? Uh, Yeah, the latter. Um, Instagram is, like, amazing for support and um, networking with other tradie ladies. Um, To know that other women are experiencing the same experiences and it's not just made up in my head when shit goes wrong on site, you know, Um, it's really (laughs) validating And I'm noticing more support on site from guys like, I mean, I think when you get a new sub trade or something on, you know, who hasn't seen a girl on site, they're like, you can see they're a bit wary. Mm. And then... Jaw drop. Yeah, they're like... (laughs) Oh, what's, what's going on here? I say we're like unicorns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know we exist, but you've never seen one. <laughs> yeah, see yeah. One. <laughs> then, you know, you're spending most of the day together on site doing whatever work you're doing, and then they're like, oh, it's cool having a chick on site. It's really good, man. Like, they're really supportive. And I think from guys that I've worked with as well, I've been told it's nice having a female energy around. It kind of grounds the guys a bit, tones them down a bit because they can get a bit... Rowdy, you know, like, and a bit over the top. Do you find that you become uh, the site confidant? You know, oh, oh, yeah. I can't have the conversation with the boys, but you know, yeah. I'm having a bit of trouble with the missus. And, uh, yes. you know, do you find that you become that role of uh, almost that, you know, not to like mothering them on site, oh, to a certain extent, but I suppose at the same time, as you were saying, that uh, that you become the sister on site. So if they were going to be catcalling off the scaffolding to somebody walking past, how would they feel if, if somebody was doing that to you? Well, I'd yeah. peel down off the scaff and go and give them a hiding. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely the, the mothering kind of energy on site. Like, yeah, it's it's so lovely. Like, I've always been a girl's girl. So it was a shock for me to go into this culture of men, you know, just this. Mm-hmm. And it took a while for me to get used to. But now I'm settled. Like, I'm one of the boys. But I'm also, you know, we talk about relationships. They come to me for advice. And it's nice to see and talk to them about, you know, sensitive stuff. Yeah, and I know they have my back. It's really lovely. I just want to add to that. The mental health of the construction industry is obviously like a lot worse than other industries. And I think that bringing women in, again, will add such a positive aspect to the trades because men are so much more emotionally vulnerable with women Mm. because they know that they're going to, they're not going to be judged. Men have yeah. like opened up to me about their, you know, their struggles, their mental health, um, if they identify as LGBTQ plus and stuff like that. And it's fantastic. And it's such an honor that I have created a safe 
safe space and other women have created a safe space on site where that is acceptable and that is welcome to have a conversation about. So yeah. again, like women entering the trades, we're just going to fix all of these problems. <laughs> right? yeah. no I agree. I totally agree. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a guy, but I'm assuming there's a lot of pressure, you know, especially the guys that go into building, you're going to hold it all in, you know, like the guys that I've worked with for years now, it's so nice to talk to them about, yeah, their mental health. Like, be like, how you going? You go, you all right? Like, mm. you know, let's go for a bit, you know, like bro down with them in a sensitive way. And I think they need that. Like, I suppose it's like there should be balance in everything, mm. you know. Do you, does that, is that reciprocated though? Do, you, do they support you when you're having tough times? Do you, do you find that they are, you know, they're the first people to say, you know, if some tools go missing on site that they'll just go and shake some heads and kick some asses? Oh, yeah, like <laughs> so supportive. Everyone's got their shit and sometimes you're just not feeling it. You can't, you know, life's a struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely my, my boss and workmates are so supportive. I just wanted to add to that a fantastic story about how progressive the trades are getting in that aspect of men supporting women is um, I've worked with a lot of tradesmen who give me like dad vibes, like they look out for me, they protect me. And like, I've been having a really bad day. I had a concussion. I was just feeling dropped. And the guy who I worked with every day, he'd come up to me, put his hand on my shoulder and he was like, are you all right, bud? And I was like, did that whole like, yeah, I'm fine. Like little quiver in my lip. And, um, he just said, no, you're not. And he just come up to me and he gave me the biggest cuddle and it was like everything just mounted away and I felt okay because I knew I had that support. Someone knew I was struggling. They saw me. They were there for me. And he went away at Smoko and bought me back a hot chocolate. And I was just oh, like, it's cute. just that thoughtfulness coming through in men. That is incredible oh, yeah. to see. And it was like the industry's changing. Yeah, Hooray. Yeah, like it yeah. made me so excited. I work in an office with... 30-plus fantastic men, and I think we have now got about five women working for BCITO. And, you know, part of uh, where we come from is the importance of a community of practice and making sure that not just our industry, not just our, our employees, not just our apprentices are well from a mental health perspective, but also our people on the ground who are forefronting and, and doing the hard, hard work to get our people qualified and get them skilled as well. So making sure that that space is also uh, safe. But just I just wanted to make out a point that um, sort of around 2018, uh, we actually identified that the, the construction sector requires 80,000 additional workers over the next five years. Now, if we put that into perspective um, and see it as at least 49 to 50% of uh, our New Zealand workforce is our mana wahine, mm. and yet we still only have around 3% uh, of construction tradespeople are women. Mm. So we have a long way to go. But mm. going back to what Genevieve was saying, you know, we must empower our tāne and not just our manawahine, but we also must empower our tāne. And we also need to acknowledge that um, for the past decade, our, our men and our women have collectively worked together on some really fantastic initiatives um, that have really contributed to promoting women in the industry, 
um, increasing the movement of women into the industry, into training, into apprenticeships. We've got some incredible wahine right here on this podcast. We've got Brooke, we've got Genevieve. You know, you two are just invaluable voices and you are the leaders and you are influencing in that space. So, you know, Kamote Wehi, uh, just amazing uh, work that you guys are actually doing. And this also helps our underrepresented, our Māori, our Pacifica uh, manawahini as well, um, because we, we really need to totoko them, because uh, if we actually look at the rate of unemployment and the unidentified inequalities for Māori and Pacifica women, that was already high before the crisis. And so COVID-19 has really increased their vulnerability um, due to a lot of other additional constraints um, like caregiving responsibilities for their extended family. So we also need to make sure that we are uh, abridging that equality gap for our Māori and Pacifica and also our disabled learners as well. So we've got a lot of work to do in that space. But I feel, you know, collectively, if we keep building on those good practices and good work that others have actually done um, in the decade before COVID, and of course, uh, we can concurrently address the social issues that we're talking about that have plagued the industry, we can actually build a diverse, skilled, resilient workforce um, which is what we want, and and we want one that really responds quickly to change, to crisis, or economic boom mm. in, in our community. So this is all achievable in New Zealand um, because within our industry workforce, there is now a lot more collaboration, which is what we've been talking about, um, and that occurs right across the industry uh, between trades, professions, um, employers, and, of course, our frontline workers. So... Yeah, it's uh, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, we'll just stop it there for a minute. We'll have a quick break and we'll be back with you in a second. Welcome back to Onsite. Uh, this episode, we have got Amanda Williams, Principal Advisor for Women at BCITO, Genevieve Black, our chippy, and of course, my incredible co-host, Brooke Sparky Girl Thompson. I guess it's probably, if you're to look at it and probably be a bit more cup half full, there's never been a better time to get yourself into trades because as you said with the way that the economic times have become as of late there's a lot of people that would have been hospitality staff or that would have been in the tourism sector that are great personable individuals that would make yes. additional mm. uh, members of yes. site you know like that really really make people yeah. sing and then once just to total what Amanda said uh, Brooke and Genevieve incredible role models and, and you are the pathway to the team mm. at BCITO because they will be looking to you for the direction and how they can get in touch with Amanda and the team at BCITO. So I guess the path that flows towards you is there. I just think mm. that maybe it hasn't been pumped by enough of the mainstream media. We are short and there are a large number of people right. that need work. And I think you've nailed it there, Jay. Um, we know that uh, around 22,000, an estimated 22,000 women uh, with lost their jobs within the New Zealand workforce. And so <clears throat> we need to um, find out where are they. We know that they're there and we need to total for them in some capacity. And also, if you actually look at the Canterbury and Kaikoura earthquakes and, of course, the Auckland housing crisis at the moment, 
there's been increased uh, promotional focus on women working in trades and more women moving into the trades. And we've also witnessed increased visibility as well, all of which the public and employers um, have been very supportive of. So we have a major opportunity within the next two to three years to really make a difference for our manawahine. And we're doing it right now. Mm. We're doing it today. So this is fantastic to see. I'm a young female that is looking for a career change or is about to leave school and I've been sent this podcast by a friend of mine that says you should consider a life in the trades. You've got an elevator pitch for me, Brooke. You've got an elevator pitch for me, Genevieve. (laughs) Tell me why I should be even contemplating going into the battles that you have already been fighting. Why why does it what is so good about being in the trades? The fulfillment is it's just awesome. Like, you know, you're building these big structures. It's hard work. You really work for the money. Like it's it's <laughs> it's so satisfying. Um it's casual, it's good banter. The skills you learn are just so transferable into life. And you just feel like you can do anything. Yeah, but what about the work-life balance? I love to go out and get absolutely steamed up with the girls every now and again. Oh, that's can still have that. But <laughs> yeah, what, what, what all if, the boys do that all the time. What, <laughs> I, but I want to have a family. Can I have a family? I think flexibility seems to be improving. Like, my boss is sweet. I've got a daughter and, and you know, I have her twice a week. Or pick her up when I, you know, he's, he's fine with that. And he's the same. He's got kids. Just um, to echo what Genevieve is saying, look, That's all part of the hard conversations that we need to continue to be having. Um, So, and again, that comes back to the culture of the industry. And it's our key responsibility, all of us, to be educating everyone in that space. Mm. We all have mothers. We all, you know, some of us have daughters. We we are a daughter. We are a sister. We're mana wahine. Um, So, We mustn't be afraid to be having those hard conversations because that's life. Brooke, if you were to be throwing out that exact same elevator pitch to somebody that is terrified of getting electric shocks uh, and has zero interest in using a brake bar to smash up some hard schist to lay some cabling, how would you pitch your incredible profession to them? Okay, so what are we in the middle of? as our generation right now, a housing crisis. Can I afford to buy a house in Queenstown? Absolutely not. Therefore, I need to learn the skills to build my own house. I have two builder (laughs) friends. She's an apprentice. He was qualified. They bought land and they built their house by themselves and they probably saved themselves about $300,000. So if you think about it, you could do a trade for three years and get skills and get paid while doing it and then also save a ridiculous amount of money down the line by building your own house. The whole reason I did my trade was because I'm really passionate about building a tiny house to live in in Queenstown. So this is like the perfect solution to a problem that we can't really get past at the moment. And I just think it's incredible. Not only do you have great banter, you work with the most hilarious people. The amount of times I have cried laughing on site because (laughs) tradies are just bizarre and they're (laughs) real class clowns. And it's just in a fantastic industry all around. You know, I just feel like on site when I'm, breaking through schist or I'm drilling through concrete. Mm. I just feel like I'm doing hot girl shit. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm a baddie. I look sick right now. I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> I'm going to use that today. Shit, yeah. Um, look, the construction industry holds people who design and build everything 
from below and above the ground. Um, and because of that, it contributes to everyone's life. So therefore, it should hold a workforce that basically represents our entire community. Mm. Kia ora. A uh, massive thank you, Amanda, Principal Advisor for Women at BCITO. Thank you so much. Your time and your comments and your thoughts are invaluable. And we'll definitely be having people thinking uh, about how they will be getting into the trades. Uh, Genevieve, uh, in- incredible insights from yourself as well. We do appreciate you um, jumping on. And Brooke, as always, co-host extraordinaire. Uh, <laughs> you're a superstar and we're very lucky to have you on here as well. Oh, stop it. I'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> Kia ora, team. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you. is brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network in partnership with Trade Jobs NZ. It's hosted by Jay Reeve and Brooke Thompson. Recorded, edited, mixed and mastered by T.I. Hebutler. With production by Matthew McCauley and series management by Jane Yee. If you're ready for a career in the trades, visit tradejobsnz.co.nz. Kia ora e te iwi, T.I. Hebutler here, Podcast Manager at the Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.